Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. To kick off our first episode of 2019, we wanted to give you our list of top five New Year's resolutions for your job search. If you're like some people, you may think it's cliche to make a list of resolutions for the coming year. Or like many others, you may welcome a fresh start and another chance to achieve your goals. While the topic draws many different opinions, at Orion, we believe that the new year is the perfect time to commit to actions that will positively affect your career in the coming year. Over the holidays, you've probably had some time to reflect on the previous year and hopefully recharge. If you're a job seeker, there are many habits you can commit to that will serve you well and hopefully help you land your dream job this year. In this episode, I'm joined by Sam McRimmon, an Orion recruiter, to discuss our top five list of New Year's resolutions for job seekers. If there's anything on this list that stands out to you, or if you have any others that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear them. Send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Sam. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk with you. And um, as you know, this is our first episode of 2019. So I'm glad that you're going to be joining me for this one. And I thought it would be timely to talk about New Year's resolutions. So I'm sure that lots of people have New Year's resolutions in their personal life. But now it's kind of a good time to take inventory of all the things that you're doing in order to prepare for your career search as well. And so I know you'll have some input on that as a recruiter. Um, Before we get into it, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I've been here at Orion for about two and a half years. I started um, supporting our sales team, but for the last year and a half, I've moved into a recruiting role. So I work both with our enlisted candidates and our officer candidates, which is pretty unique for us, but I think it's good because it gives me a little perspective into both job seeking sides of the house and how they can vary. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to everybody about some new resolutions, you know, for the new year that can help you out with your job search in 2019. Awesome. Well, thanks, Sam. So what we'll do here for the listeners, I know there's lots of resolutions that you guys as job seekers can find online, but what we did is just compile a list of what we think are some five key areas to focus on. So Sam, I will just kind of run through the list and then get your input on each of these as we go along. Sound good? Perfect. Okay, so the first New Year's resolution for job seekers is to review and improve your online presence. So what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think this is huge, and it's one that over the last few years has become even more important. Um, Hiring managers can absolutely Google you. Um, If you got a really generic name, you might get lucky. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) otherwise, you know, a hiring manager can pop your name into Google and find your Facebook, your Twitter, your LinkedIn anything that your name is associated with. So it's really important to make sure that, you know, either you keep those social media profiles private um, so where only your friends can see or that you make sure that there's nothing questionable, um, you know, whether it's related to, you know, pictures that you've posted or complaining about your boss, <laughs> um, you know, making sure that you clean up those public profiles. Um, and then in addition to, you know, just creating an online presence, LinkedIn has become such a valuable tool. Um, whether it is connecting with, you know, colleagues, connecting with potential employers, and having a good profile is important. So if you're going to have one, it should be clean, it should be complete, you should make sure that you really have all of your job experience listed on there, make sure that you have a professional photo, something that you wouldn't mind a hiring manager seeing, and just make connections, um, you know, whether it's with people you know, 
Um, they can write recommendations for you on your profile or connecting with hiring managers when you are applying to a position. You know, sending a personalized message on LinkedIn can really set you apart and, you know, an otherwise stack of resumes with no face to the name. Yeah, I think that's all really good advice, Sam. And, you know, we've got an entire podcast episode regarding um, LinkedIn specifically, but also talking about social media and kind of um, tips and tricks and things you should do and avoid as a job seeker. So if anyone hasn't heard that, I would recommend going and listening to that one. But, you know, I know that you mentioned like, you know, if you have to keep your Facebook private, maybe if you have something like that. I don't know how a hiring manager feels about this because not everyone has Facebook. So maybe it's not something that's a red flag, but I would think maybe if you don't have a Facebook profile and then you've got like, inadequate information, even on your LinkedIn, that's probably a red flag. So I know you mentioned making sure that your LinkedIn is updated and has all of your relevant information. Um, I would say that at the very least, because obviously LinkedIn is a professional network, although you're right. I mean, they're really probably going to be looking for you on other networks as well just to see what type of face you're putting forward in a less professional environment. So you want to make sure that's cleaned up as well. Right. I agree. I mean, it's not often going to be a, a decision maker or, you know, a deal breaker between one candidate and another. But in the job market right now, if there's, you know, 10 employees applying for one position and eight of them have really solid LinkedIn profiles and you're one of the two that doesn't, you're probably going to fall to the bottom of the list. Um, and something that you could spend 20, 30 minutes creating could make a big difference. Mm -hmm, definitely. So moving on to number two, and I think this is a great one because, of course, everyone, whether it's in business or life in general, um, should be looking and kind of working toward continuous improvement. So building your skill set is the next resolution. So I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in general, you should always keep learning, you know, kind of being that forever student and adding to your knowledge base. So whether that is taking a class or continuing your education to obtain a degree or a higher level degree. Um, but even if you're not, you know, actively enrolled in, in a college, you know, I think it can be great to take a certification course. You know, if you're focused on getting a job in the IT industry, take some certification courses. Um, if you are looking for a leadership job, maybe work on your Six Sigma Black Belt. If you are looking to do project management, get your PMT, or at least look into those programs. Um, it's important to not stay stagnant. You know, you want to always be growing and learning, and having those things on your resume shows the prospective employer that you're eager to learn, that you want to grow yourself, your personal development, and I think it's really important. Um, if you're a techni technical type role, whether that is, you know, our electronics tech or IT, um, technology is growing constantly. So being able to stay, you know, on top, on the cutting edge of learning those new things is really important. Mm -hmm. And I think with a lot of candidates that, you know, have been in a role previously, so if it's someone who is currently employed in a civilian position or even someone who's transitioning out of the military, Sometimes when you've been in a role for so long, you really, you're not looking toward continuous improvement because you get so sucked into like the day-to-day, -day, you know, aspects of your job that you're not thinking, what can I do to um, learn something that's going to help me in the future? You know, it's always hard to think two steps ahead. So I think this one is great. It's something at the beginning of the year that you think, okay, I can put this on my radar and, you know, make something happen. You've got 12 months to make it happen. So I think this is a good one. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, just to touch on that too, in addition to taking a class or, you know, some type of certification, it also can just be working with your colleagues. You know, maybe you work in one department of your company, talk to the people in the other department, learn how different aspects of the company work. And I think, you know, that's something you can do without, you know, taking the time out of your, you know, probably really busy schedule, you know, to take a course or spending money on a class, but just touching base with other people and, you know, networking with them will ultimately help you, you know, learn more and, you know, build your potential skill set as well. Mm-hmm. And if you are transitioning out of the military, so, um, you know, let's say this is your first civilian position, maybe you aren't looking for a career that directly aligns with what you did in the military. So that's really the perfect time and the ideal candidate who should be looking to, um, you know, expand on this New Year's resolution and look to build their skill set. Um, think about what it is you really want to do this year and where you see your career going, even if it's completely different from your military career, what skills can I add to my book that will make me a good fit for that position in the future? Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to the next one, number three, an elevator pitch, I think, is something that a lot of candidates probably know about just in terms of um, how am I going to most effectively sell myself? How can I do that quickly, concisely? So that's one of our New Year's resolutions for job seekers is to make sure that you master your elevator pitch. So talk a little bit more about that one. Sure. And for anybody who isn't aware, you know, what an elevator pitch is, it's that two to three minute summary of your background. It's your introduction. It's your, you know, answer to the tell me about yourself question that every single interviewer asks. Um, And we call it an elevator pitch because it's something that, you know, say you bump into somebody in an elevator and they are working for a company you're interested in and it's just your quick, concise, professional introduction. So it's something to practice, you know, get it together, practice it in the mirror, practice it talking to your dog, say it out loud a few times. It's really important. Um, It's your first impression, and it could be your only impression if you don't do it right. So it's important to summarize all that vital information about yourself. Don't ramble. Don't get too personal. Um, You know, a funny example, we had a candidate tell me how he was born, you know, 12 weeks early. Um, I was like, you probably don't (laughs) need to go back that far (laughs) with your introduction. So you want to keep it um, professional. You want to keep it concise and, you know, really give somebody a good idea, you know, your name, where you're from, who you um, work for, and kind of that quick summary of your skills. So whether it's in person, whether it's a phone interview, if it's a virtual interview, you're prepared. Um, You know, every interview I've ever been on and every interview I've set a candidate up for, the interviewer always says, tell me about yourself. And you don't want to stumble over that initial seemingly easy question. Um, and, you know, kind of ruin that first impression. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Sam, to your point, it does seem like an easy question. You know, if somebody asks you, tell me about yourself, of course, what topic should anybody know better than themselves? So you would think yeah, right. it would be easy, but I think in the in the scenario of an interview, when you've got so many other things you're trying to remember, whether it's the research that you did on the company or, you know, your strengths and weaknesses, all these other things, you're trying to think about those you're in an unfamiliar environment, you're talking to somebody you've most likely never talked to before, or if you have, it's probably been just really quick to schedule the interview or maybe a brief phone interview. And so it is something that practice makes perfect. You wouldn't think you would need to practice something like that. But, you know, back to your point about rambling, you don't want to ramble, you don't want to bring up 
irrelevant information because most likely the right. fact that you're born 12 weeks early is not <laughs> going to matter to anybody. Maybe right. if um, maybe if your interviewer had a similar situation or something sure. like that, most likely, <laughs> most likely they did not part of your elevator pitch. <laughs> right, right. So there are some things that you know, if you mention where you got your degree from, maybe that would resonate with them because, you know, they went there or their kids went there, something like that, something that's relevant, um, just pertinent to who you are, why you're a good fit type of thing. So I think all that advice that you gave was great. And I like that example. That's really funny. I think the key really is just to keep it professional too. It can be easy when you're asked, you know, tell me about yourself, talk about your family, your kids, um, what you do for fun. And, not that you can't, you know, interject personal things about yourself into the interview when applicable that, you know, really, you know, explains something you could talk about in an interview. You know, I trained and ran for a marathon with only four months of training because I'm a hard worker and I'm dedicated and I do the things I say I'm going to do. That's fine. But you don't want to kind of in that first two minutes, you know, get really personal and talking about um, you know, your your personal life, you want to really keep it structured to the facts about yourself and about your career. Mm -hmm. And you never know when a scenario would come up where you need to give this pitch, you know, like elevator pitch. Um, what One thing that comes to my mind is even at like our hiring conferences, um, you might run into someone, maybe they're not somebody that you had planned to interview with, but, um, you know, you run into them. So, of course, small talk, um, they might not say it exactly like, tell me about yourself, but they might say, oh, what do you do or why are you here? So it's nice to have, you know, kind of a practice, like even if it's just some bullet points in your head, you know, here are the things that I would want to put out there to put my best face forward. Exactly. It's definitely something to just have prepared and kind of in your back pocket, whether you're actively interviewing or just kind of casually seeing what's out there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's perfect for networking, too. So it's not just for an interview setting. I think that's important to call out too. Yep, I agree. So um, number four is going to be, we're encouraging people to find a mentor in 2019. And I know that mentoring, especially for veteran candidates, if you um, can find somebody who's been in your place before and they can talk you through what they did and um, you know, give you some tips, I know that that's always something that of course would make them feel so much more comfortable and um, you know, really help out overall in the job search, but I want to hear kind of your thoughts on that and see if you have any kind of tips for how to establish those kinds of connections or anything like that. Yeah, I think that for most people, if you want to find a mentor, you can find one. It may take a little effort. It may take asking around, um, but I think that if you dedicate to finding one, that you can, and I think it's important to do so. Um, and that even goes back to utilizing LinkedIn. Um, I think that's one of the greatest ways, especially, you know, for our candidates who are maybe still active duty and transitioning, it's probably a little easier to find a mentor. You can find somebody, um, you know, in your unit, in your command, somebody you've worked with personally that knows you um, and kind of just ask them, you know, their advice, whether it is for boosting your career, whether it's for what certifications I should take. Um, I think, you know, just tapping into that is really important. Um, maybe you are, you know, on your civilian job search already and not actively, you know, engaged still with some of those people from the military. So using LinkedIn to kind of reconnect with people, you know, maybe you worked with so-and-so a few years ago, send them a connection request, let them know what you've got going on. Um, I think that having somebody that can guide you through 
um, the ups and downs of the job search is really important. Um, you know, our recruiting team here at Orion is happy to help with kind of that general knowledge and that general input and in guiding you through the process, but finding somebody um, that's kind of been in your shoes and who can relate to you and give you advice is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think that this topic would be great to even do like a standalone podcast because I think the value of having a mentorship and helping you transition into the civilian world. And then also even once you're in a company, having a mentor maybe within the company that could sort of help you navigate things uh, would be so helpful. I think another thing to kind of point out here, if you are going to go down this road of, you know, making this part of your New Year's resolution for your job search and you do want to find a mentor, I would think a couple of things to keep in mind. Um, you want to it, you don't want to put a burden on somebody who's going to be your mentor. So while they might be thrilled to give you advice and help you, um, you know, progress in your job search and, you know, whatever the case may be that they're helping you with, you don't want to make it to where you're putting a burden on them. Um, you're expecting them to solve problems for you or expecting them to do work that you should be doing yourself or anything like that. So I think there's traps that you could potentially fall into. I think it would be wise if someone was interested in gaining a mentor to kind of be aware of that, maybe read up on some things related to that, just to make sure that um, you're not putting kind of unfair expectations on your mentor. And then also pay it forward. You know, if it gets to be a time where you could mentor somebody else, then I think that's great if you benefited from it yourself. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that is a really good point. You know, you want to make sure that you're you're establishing the right connection, you know, with a mentor, like you said, it doesn't want to be something that becomes really one-sided where you're putting a lot of pressure on them or calling them before every position you apply to, you know, for their advice. <laughs> um, but um, I think if you do it right, it's, it's invaluable. Um, you know, and like you mentioned, even once you work somewhere and you're not job searching, having somebody within your organization that you know you can go to um, it's kind of a good sounding board that can listen to you and provide advice and input and suggestions, you know, for you is, you know, it's invaluable. And I think that if you want a mentor, you will find one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There are lots of resources out there. Now, the last one, it'll be our fifth resolution, is focus on time management. Time management is huge for anybody, no matter if you're, um, you know, in the military still, if you have a job, if you're looking for a job. Nobody ever has enough time in the day, but everyone has the same amount of time in the day, and some people use it more wisely than others. So I want to get your input on this one. Yeah, I think when it comes to job searching, it can be easy to kind of go down a rabbit hole of job postings and spend hours and hours day after day searching. And I think what's really important is figuring out what is most important to you in your next position. Is it the location? Is it the job title? Is it the culture of the company? Is it the salary? Kind of ranking your priorities, you know, and figuring out your top three, and then only applying to positions that truly make sense for you. Positions that you'd be excited about, positions with companies that you'd love to go work for. Making sure that the position itself, the company itself, is a good fit for you. So that can be hard to tell sometimes from a job posting. So go to the company's website read a little bit more about them. Don't apply to to every job opening that's out there. You're, they're obviously not all right fit for you, and you're going to waste your time, um, and your time's valuable. You know, we all have other things going on in our life outside of a job search, and so it's important to prioritize what's important to you and only apply to those jobs that you really think are a match. 
Um, and a way to do that, you know, is in your local area, you know, create a list of companies that you you'd like to work for, whether it's because you have a friend who loves it there, you've heard good things, or you love the company's mission, make a list of those companies and then routinely check their website for job openings. Um, you know, you kind of have to create a plan um, because if you don't, you can very easily spend hours and hours and not really utilize that time as efficiently as you could. Mm-hmm. Yep, I totally agree with all that. And, you know, one thing I think that I'll say just um, for of this whole list, I think this one is the one that speaks the most to me about the value of working with a recruiter because if you're constantly scouring the web for positions that might be a good fit for you and then you're having to submit your resume each time, potentially modify your resume to make sure that it's specific to that job posting, um, reading up on each of the companies, trying to figure out if it's a good fit for you, I feel like that work can really be cut down so significantly by just having a conversation with a recruiter who can tell you, hey, here's what we have open in this position that you're looking for. Um, you know, here's how you should modify your resume if you should at all tell you a little bit more about the company that you wouldn't necessarily find on their website just from having that knowledge of the company from talking to hiring managers and things like that. So I would say this one specifically on the list was one that I kind of wanted to you know, not necessarily go over the top promoting Orion, but it is helpful to work with a recruiter in order to save yourself some time. Yeah, absolutely. We can help with that by narrowing down those com- that list of companies and positions and answering questions that, you know, just a regular job posting won't tell you about a company um, and really help you focus your time and effort into, you know, applying for and interviewing for the right job versus any job. Mm-hmm. And maybe get some more bang for your buck where you're um, submitting your resume directly to a recruiter who's going to give it to the company versus applying online and then who even right. knows when or if it'll yeah, be or, seen. So I think that's another piece. Or coming to an Orion hiring conference where you get to have multiple interviews in one day and that exactly. really takes the time management. <laughs> yes, that is very time efficient, I would say. All right. Well, very good. Sam, is there anything else that you want to share with our candidates or anyone who's listening today? I would say just in general, you know, with the job search and these New Year's resolutions, um, you know, of course, there's this list of five things we went over and there's probably another hundred ideas you can find on the Internet. Um, But I think, you know, one kind of intangible thing is just to not get discouraged, um, you know, with your job search, especially if it's an a job search you're just starting, um, you know, not every company is going to respond back to you. You're going to submit a resume and never hear anything. You may go on an interview and never hear anything again. Um, and I think it's just important to to not take those things personally and to stay encouraged and, um, you know, keeping up with your online presence and finding a mentor and, you know, managing your time are all going to help with that. Um, you know, and job searching can be stressful and it can be hard. Um, so I think just, you know, keeping yourself encouraged and staying positive is really kind of the best overall, you know, New Year's resolution I think you can have. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Sam. And, you know, just I think with the beginning of the year, there are so many possibilities and, um, you know, you could go into it thinking like, oh, gosh, this is going to be such a daunting thing trying to find a job. But really, I think a lot of people see the new year as a fresh start. So as long as you keep that perspective on it, um, don't beat yourself up too much and just kind of, you know, be positive and see where it takes you. I think that that's the best advice as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
Awesome. Well, Sam, thank you very much. And um, congratulations on being the first guest of 2019. <laughs> thank you. I look forward to uh, covering some more topics with you this year. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.